Hey guys, welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's faithful to continuously show up and do work in our mess. I'm your host, Jen Jewell, aiming to partner with some incredible women as we launch a new episode every other Tuesday. And our goal is simply to use real life and honest conversation to glorify God, encourage each other, and remind ourselves of the truth. We're also partnered with the women of my church, Life Church. But here's the deal. More than anything, we're passionate about the name of Jesus and the capital C Church, the local and global body of Christ. As women who believe this Bible to be true, even as we stumble and fall and lean on God's grace, we know without a doubt that we can do infinitely more together than apart. We're on the same team, sharing this gospel message however we can in all kinds of diverse ways. It's a big world out there and we absolutely need each other. So wherever you are, whatever church you happen to be a part of, whether you're at home changing diapers or out shaking up the corporate world, we are truly honored you took the time to dive in with us. And guys, I'm giddy to be rolling out a brand new episode today. We took a small hiatus for us all to catch up on past episodes and wrap up summer, but now we're back. Kids are heading off to school, new projects and routines are ramping up. And whether you're at home or in the workplace, the shifting of seasons is here and we're kicking off a fresh semester at the messy table as well. So I can hardly stand it. Our fall lineup is explosive. We have some incredible, down-to-earth, Jesus-loving women who are simply allowing God to invade their ordinary spaces and use them right where they are, in their circles, in their families, in their messes, in the regular and the extraordinary. You won't want to miss one single conversation, so be sure you're subscribed in all the usual places like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can sign up for my email list at jenjewel.com. It's easy, it's free, it's a shot of encouragement coming straight through your earbuds. Well, I don't know about you, but something I continually long for is wisdom. But wisdom that comes from this world can easily crumble, which I guess isn't true wisdom. However, the wisdom that comes from God will stand the test of time. And the Bible has a lot to say about it. James 1, 5 urges us, if any of you need wisdom, ask God for it. Simple enough. Proverbs 2, 6 adds, for the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So the wisest women I know aren't leaning on their own understanding and strength, but they're trusting God and seeking the wisdom that comes from above, not just in the big stuff of life, but the little things as well. Y'all, I can't think of anyone better to lock arms with us for this episode than my longtime friend, Robin Wall. Robin is not only a school teacher, pastor's wife, mom of three awesome kids ranging from college age to early high school, But having Robin here is especially meaningful to me personally because, you guys, this was my mentor, my small group leader, my youth pastor's wife growing up, all throughout middle school and high school, then a sounding board for me in those college and young adult years, and still a huge encouragement, breath of fresh air, and resource for me even now in this season. And today, she's sharing her exclusive insight on life in general, motherhood, mentoring, and a crucial lesson she learned firsthand regarding boundaries and marriage which is a huge passion of hers. I promise you're going to leave here better than when you showed up. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hi, Robin. Hi, Jen. (laughs) This is such a treat for me. I am so grateful that you asked me to come and do this. I'm really excited. I'm so honored. I can't think of, honestly, anyone outside of my family that has influenced my life in a bigger way than you have, especially in those pivotal teen years. And so you you and Chris, you both mean so much to me. That's why I'm so honored to have you here imparting all of your wisdom and life to everyone listening. And so welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so glad that you asked. And we love you just as much. (laughs) We look back at our years of youth ministry and our sweet Jennifer Bechtel jewel memories (laughs) are definitely shining stars. So, Well, I know that this hour is probably going to go by too fast and not be long enough because we could do a whole series with Robin Wall, Robin (laughs) Wall series. But before we dive in, if you would just introduce yourself so that everyone gets to know you and gets a little peek into your world. So I've been married to Chris for almost 20 four years. Yay. Yes. And we have three wonderful children that we love so much. We have Emily, Eric, and Maggie. Emily is 20. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Jennifer's known her for the most of her life. And Eric is 18. He's going to be a senior in high school this year. And Maggie is 14. Mm. And we're just loving life. We're at the stage where a family night is as rare and golden and precious as 
the date night would have been when you're in the toddler season. Oh, we man. had a family night last night and we enjoyed family dinner. We actually went out and played basketball together on the driveway <laughs> and laughed our heads off. And moments like that are rare and golden and when your kids are at the ages my kids are at. So we live in Owasso. We've been there now six years and we love it. We um, came actually for an exciting new journey that God opened the door. And Chris had been feeling all his years of ministry, youth ministry and associate pastor ministry. He had been really wrestling with, will God call me to be a senior pastor? Mm -hmm. And Without a doubt, God opened the door, gave confirmation after confirmation, led the, the way to First Baptist Owasso, and Chris is a senior pastor there, and I'm so happy that I get to be his wife and be by <laughs> his side supporting him. I feel like my role of being his number one fan is so important. It's so critical for me to be right there with him and to have his back, you know, and mm -hmm. we are just overjoyed to be there. We love our church so much. And I feel a really beautiful sense of satisfaction seeing Chris do what I feel he was born to do. Mm -hmm. He loves it and he is flourishing. He's doing a great job and so proud of him. And I teach elementary music, yeah, which is yeah, you do. fun. It's really, really fun. I mean, who knew that I would be <laughs> so overjoyed with little things like puppets, xylophones, <laughs> recorders, full out the, the drums, time to folk dance. Let's get the props out. But I totally love it. I mean, I love it. So God allowed me to have this job with a little back door because I didn't even major in elementary music mm -hmm. education. I majored in elementary ed, but I had a music minor mm -hmm. and my certificate had, um, I was certified. And when this job opening came up, I had to call the state department and say, um, will I be acceptable for this job? I don't even know. Cause I have a different degree oh, than it's required. Yeah. What is, and I, I they said, yes. And yes. then, because you probably won't say it yourself, you became teacher of the year. So hello, I think you're <laughs> succeeding. Oh, that was such a blast. Was that, that last year? For Owasso District, I was the 2017 teacher of the year. What a thrill. Unbelievable. Loved it. It was a huge honor. Okay. And you grow a lot in things like that. When you're you know, needing to write and record yourself and video yourself, you really grow in the process. I really learned a lot. So it was a really neat blessing. I love it. And back to Chris, you said he was wondering and praying if he would ever become a senior pastor. I think we all saw that as well before it happened. Yes. So. Yes. Every time we would, the conversation would come around, I would say, yes, I do believe that God is going to do that. Yes, mm -hmm. I see that in you. Yes, I know you can do it. You but know? what I loved is that he poured himself out exactly where he was. You know, oh, I think for yeah. some mm -hmm. people, pastors, and I don't mean this bad, but you know, youth pastors kind of the maybe stepping stone to the whatever's next. And I, no one ever felt that way with Chris. I mean, he was all in hundred percent. His whole heart. Yeah, totally. He's in. such a shepherd heart. Oh my goodness. He just loves people so much. It's pretty humbling actually. God teaches me a lot of lessons <laughs> through him because he's just so generous and wonderful to people. And so I'll kind of, oh, I should be, yeah. <laughs> I should be thinking like that, not, you know, selfish. So anyway. All right. So just to give everybody a little bit of context into our relationship, I met you and Chris when I believe I was in seventh grade. Is that right? I believe you're right. I can't remember not knowing you there. Yeah. So Chris was my youth pastor all through middle school and high school, and you were right there beside him. Oh, and yes. also just such a massive mentor to me throughout oh. those years and really beyond. And then when my cousin Justin died right after my senior year, you all played just such a huge role in that uh, grieving process and really in that ongoing, even today, healing mm -hmm. process, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother story in itself. And then you guys did Derek and my premarital counseling from those your couch. were such fun In your living times. room. Such Fun. Chris married us. Yes. And even when Derek first came into ministry, I know Chris was passing over some like wedding and funeral notes. And you guys have just been such oh. a huge resource and sounding board and example of Christ's love for oh. us throughout the years, really for the long haul. And so um, even though we don't get to see you all the time, we're just so grateful for your influence in our lives. Oh, thank you so, so much. We you. love you guys. <laughs> 
Well, since you did kind of mentor and disciple me, I thought there's no better person to talk about mentoring with and discipleship with than you. So the book of 2 Timothy is so rich in all things discipleship and legacy and passing on the message of the gospel to the next generation. 2 Timothy 1.14 talks about guarding the good deposit that's been entrusted to us. And 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 2 says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Jesus Christ. You have heard me teach the things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And you've just lived this out. Not only that, but you're continuing to pour yourself out for the sake of the gospel into others. So all that to say, I want to know how practically would you say that you have kind of jumped into this and do you have any tips for people who are wanting to disciple others? What does it look like? What can we learn from you? I, I just walk in the walk with you just as God shows me in my heart when he draws me to start praying for someone Mm -hmm. to start investing in someone I know that that's not from myself because anytime I'm drawn to think of others in a way that God wants me to I know that God's working in my heart that's not Satan right right. (laughs) and it's not just me just randomly coming up with a thought Mm -hmm. it is the Lord so an example from my life right now um a friend that I began to just notice and care about and pray about and wondered if she might ever want to meet with me. I reached out to her and and have just begun spending time with her, mm-hmm. praying together, looking at God's word together, memorizing scripture together. If I keep everything I've learned for me, mm. then what a waste of the things that God wants to do with mm. my life. Mm-hmm. And the many times that I have fallen down and he's picked me back up again, he wants to use those stories mm-hmm. to help someone else when they are falling down and just want someone to encourage them that God's going to pick you back up. And that's one thing I'm really passionate about. I feel like marriages today are just such at risk and they're so under attack. Mm-hmm. And I love to encourage young wives in their marriages and to encourage the people that are around me, wherever God has put me, to be a light of encouragement, to be bold, to speak up that Jesus is the reason that I have hope. Mm -hmm. You know, we are told to be ready to give an answer Mm -hmm. for anybody who ever asks us, what is the reason for the hope you have? Mm -hmm. To be ready to share with gentleness and respect. Well, it's because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I'm, I really care about. I love um, reaching out. We have a ministry at our church where we connect women to meet with each other, and that's really beautiful. We try to gather as um, a group of staff wives to pray with each other and for mm-hmm. each other as well. And that was actually started by two ladies in our church that God put it on their heart to do that for the staff wives. What a beautiful thing. That's great. So mentoring is a passion of passing on what we've learned and we really we're commanded to do that right in titus we're commanded women teach the younger one older women teach the younger women and so that's just a beautiful picture of the body of christ Mm -hmm. really it's such a good thing that you brought up being commanded that because i was just talking to a girl this week and she was talking about like who am i to pour into somebody else but like you said we can't keep this good news to ourselves, mm-hmm. and it's going to look messy and it's not going to be perfect and sometimes it's just walking with someone i mean i remember growing up in high school coming over to your house i loved and you, you and were... that group of girls so much <laughs> I, I still know psalm uh, 27 because of you <laughs> Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Whom yes. shall I fear? Um, and so, <laughs> isn't that funny? Yes, I love it. I know. But you know what? I, I'm sure that there are so many things that you poured into us, and I probably could recall some of them, but some of the things that I remember most are coming over and you're wrapping up dinner and you're doing dishes and you're getting kids in bed and you're moving toys so that we have room. And I remember <laughs> one time, <laughs> I hope it's okay that I share this. Oh, please do. I remember one time you had just gotten kids in bed and you know you think everyone's asleep and <laughs> you were potty training Emily. And oh, I think you mercy. were having a hard time with this. Oh, mercy. And she wet I the was. bed. And I think that maybe... <laughs> I don't even know. But I remember you started bawling. <laughs> I don't 
doubt it. <laughs> but you know what? I have recalled that moment so many times in hard seasons of parenting oh. in my own life to where I'm like, okay, Robin was still, <laughs> even in those hard seasons, she was having girls over and she was opening up her home and we were, you know, just digging into the word. And oh, again, it, it's not that it's going to be this flawless. Our lives are never perfect. Polished. Yeah. And I love it that honestly that you brought that up. And, and honestly, if you ever have a podcast on potty training, do not ask me. <laughs> You need to ask some moms who've got it down pat that did great. You've done so, three. Did three, made it through. Not my favorite uh, area of mommying, but yes. Oh my goodness, it's hilarious. But it's true that our lives are such a, a jumble of the good and the bad. Yeah. And the relationship, bringing someone alongside us. Mm-hmm. It's really not about us. It's really about what God's going to do in that. And that's what we have to remember. It's not that we're, you know, we step into that role. It's not, I mean, I guess someone could try to be self-promotionally or whatever, but it's not that we're trying to do that. It's that we're pointing back to Jesus, not to ourselves, as together Mm -hmm. we need need his grace and his love so Mm -hmm. desperately, and we're just diving in together, so. And we can't, we can't do a mentoring relationship with many, many, many people. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to pray that God shows me, shows you, who are we supposed to concentrate and focus on? If I try to spread myself too thin and have meeting after meeting after meeting after coffee after, you know, that is actually not using the gifts God wants me to use in the best way. Mm. Then I'm I'm taking away from ministering to my family or being rested or the things. So I, I cannot be more than God wants me to be for today. So finish today, today, do today what he has for me. The phone calls, the texts, the encouraging words, an hour here with a friend or there, but I cannot do more than 24 hours of one, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I stop and let God have my day, he does it a lot better than I can. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's such a good reminder. You're preaching to me because I think sometimes we feel like, oh, I want to do more. And sometimes he's saying, no, I want you to do this one thing. (laughs) Well, right. Absolutely. All right. Well, we could camp out on the topics of kind of motherhood, ministry, marriage for so long, but I would love to hear about just something you've learned, something that God has shown you throughout the years that you can pass on to all of us. I would say in the topic of motherhood, that every season that we have is such a gift and to never wish it away. Each season has its joys and its struggles and its wonderful moments and really hard moments. So to wish away a season and long for the one that's going to be here, I just can only wait for the day when, Mm -hmm. I'll love it when they can do this by themselves or things like that. We could miss the opportunity to just be grateful for the day with our children, where we are in the moment we're in, warts and all, it's not perfect. And that's really good. I mean, we're like sandpaper on each other in our homes. He uses my own children to change my heart. And right. hopefully he uses me to change oh, my, my children. And, yeah. and our husband, my husband and our whole family together, just sharing life together. So I would say one thing I pray for consistently is Proverbs 31, 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. I ask the Lord for that. Please help me. Give me wisdom. Give me wisdom and let your faithful instruction be on my tongue. In the moment that I've got a teenager who's crying over hurt feelings of something that happened at school or in moments when I've got a son who is in a dating relationship and I'm trying to give him wise advice of how to date in a godly way or or hearing a, getting a phone call from my daughter in college wrestling with career choice and majoring and what to do with this big, huge world out there. Yeah, there's a lot. I cannot answer that on my own. Mm -mm. I need God's wisdom and I want faithful instruction to be on my tongue, kind words of life to guide my children Mm -hmm. through their hurdles that they're going to have. And I cannot fix them. Mm -hmm. I cannot go through their sad times for them. I cannot fix their friend problems and the drama. I cannot do it. So I just want to be by their side, pray with them through it, and and ask God to show me what am I supposed to say in this moment, mm-hmm. and to feel that joy of in the moment and that day, whatever it is, the joys or the struggles that God has given me that pleasure of being a mom. Mm. 
it's a gift. It's such a gift. And I never want to miss a moment of it. And I am so honed into that, especially right now with having a senior. Um, And one off at college already. Yes, because when I said farewell to Emily moving out to college, I was a basket case. I don't even want to think about it. So tenderhearted. I cried all the time. And I'm happy to tell you, God got me through it and everything (laughs) is great. And I'm so happy for her. She is so happy. So I'm, how could I not be Mm -hmm. thrilled for her? But here we go again. Here we go again. Our son is going to be a senior. So each moment, I don't want to miss opportunities to invest in him, to stop what I'm doing and listen to him. Mm Mm-hmm. And enjoy the fact that he's a talker. I know a lot of boys are not, but my son is a talker. (laughs) And he wants to share with me what he's writing and songs he's making up. And, you know, Mom, listen to this chord progression. What do you think of this? Well, it's cool that you you all share that love of music. We do. That's true. Yeah. If my kids love music, then bless their hearts, I'm going to send them to you. (laughs) I've got nothing for them. So I guess just... To wrap up where where I am with just being a mom, I feel that I want to encourage all the moms that are listening out there that today, wherever you are, whatever's going on with the season you're in, to embrace it, Mm -hmm. whether it's diapers or whether it is training wheels (laughs) or whether you're getting that, you know, permit, just whatever season you're in, embrace it. Mm -hmm. And God's got so many good things in store. Yeah. I know we were talking about before we hit record just how with your kids, you almost wish you could go back for just a second and just remember those little snuggly babies and crazy toddlers and <laughs> one more bedtime and bath time night. Yeah. You know, but sometimes often. in it, it just feels like, oh my goodness, I just want to get them in bed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh my word. Yes. But oh, I would love to go back and have a little minute of that again. Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to marriage, obviously it's not always easy and there can be big and little messes all around us. I know you've walked through many seasons, but is there any particular mess that you've faced that you would be compelled to share with us today? Well, I was thinking and praying about what to share and talking it over with Chris. And we both reflected back to a time that I haven't shared with very many. I don't think that I've shared this very many times in my life, but honestly, there may be someone listening that it's very timely Mm -hmm. that God might use my story in a, in a little way to encourage you to stay strong to your marriage vows and to stay true to your husband. Um, My story goes back to uh, summer of 2005. And so at that time, Emily was six and Eric was four and we had Maggie who's 18 months old and we were in a different phase of life. Chris had stepped out of youth ministry. Our pastor at Council Road Baptist Church asked him to step into more of an associate pastor role. He was over the youth. He was over missions. He did a lot of stuff with the recreation or cube ministry at our church. Actually, that was in the process of being built. But he led a lot of those things, and his role shifted. It was a good time. I mean, Chris really enjoyed that, and I did too. However, it caused some interesting things to also fall into place that we just didn't know that would even come about. Chris realized as he was not in youth ministry anymore, how much he missed it. And I was at a place where I could be a part more than I had been for a while. Mm -hmm. So the summer, yes, summer 2005, an opportunity came up for me to go as a sponsor to youth camp and Chris to stay home with the kids. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I mean, what a switch. I was pretty giddy, honestly. I packed my bag and kissed everyone goodbye. It's like a vacation. I'm going to youth camp. No diapers. And, you know, for many seasons before that, I had just been bringing the kids and I would do some of jumping into the ministry, but Mm -hmm. a lot of helping my children and taking care of them and in the midst of camp kind of pulling away and Mm -hmm. not having a small group. So that summer, as he was home with the kids uh, for that week, and I was at youth camp, we had a speaker that had been for probably two or three years on our radar. We knew him. He had spoken to our youth group, and both of us thought highly of him. So his presence at camp was a familiar friend. I knew him and he had been out to dinner with us before. Well, as the week progressed, I think that there were some unhealthy, admiring emotions going on 
that were really not good in my heart. And I think that he was also inappropriately trying to maybe sit by me at some meals or come and hang around where my group was. There were, I can't, as I look back at it, I see that. In the moment, it seemed completely meaningless, just nothing at all. But Chris brought the kids up one night to camp and packed them all up and experienced the incredible work that is to pack children up and get their food and <laughs> diaper bags and all the things that you need and get in the car good for and perspective. clean up the spilled milk in the kitchen on the way out and all that kind of thing. And so he got there and we had a great time seeing him. Everything was going really well. And I think that our camp speaker was about to leave and maybe I cannot recall why he had to leave at that particular night, but it was a nighttime. We were about to take our seniors on a special senior trip outing. And then maybe the next day we were going to have one last wrap up and Chris would lead it or something like that. But Chris was coming out to the porch area and the camp speaker was saying some goodbye to me, kind of chatting with me. And I was kind of leaning in and listening and what Chris saw was some flirting. Mm -hmm. He just picked up on it. He saw it, he noticed it, and and it really hurt him because it seemed to him from his point of view that I was really responding to this other man, mm -hmm. responding with how I tone of voice and body language and smile and, and just responding in a way that I really should not have. And that night we had a pretty important conversation of our life. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even the next days and weeks we did, we had a realization that Chris noticed there was another man paying close attention to me and I was turning my eye toward him. And I was turning my ear toward him, and I liked it. Hmm. <laughs> it's just, to think about that right now just gives me, like, mm -hmm. I start sweating. Like, what mm -hmm. was I thinking? Mm -hmm. What in the world was I thinking? And Chris said, what was, it just made him sick to feel that someone else was pouring compliments out, and I was drinking them up. And some conversations that came out of that were for us to realize what we have. Our marriage is a precious, precious gift from God. And this was just a, you know, a toe in the water. This was nothing. Right. There had been no word spoken of some kind of sneak away or some kind of let's begin, some kind of communication secretly, nothing like that. But here's what mm -hmm. scared me to death. I would have said before this night, I would have thought, oh, that would never be me. Mm -hmm. That would never be me. I love my husband. I would never be drawn to another man. And how Chris held the mirror up to my face and I could see it, that I was, I was allowing someone that was not my husband to have a little interest in my heart. And I was playing along. Mm -hmm. And um, we really, we recommitted to each other. We will never let anybody take our marriage from us. We will never, we realize the enemy is Satan. The enemy is not any other person in the world. The enemy is Satan. And he would love to steal and kill and destroy our right. marriage. Right. He would love to take it down and take so many uh, their lives down with that that would say well well Chris and Robin well I they did our marriage counseling they did our wedding they did how could I if all they said was a big lie mm -hmm. maybe everything they ever said was a big lie and just chunk their faith and we really recommitted that there will never be a time that either of us turn turn our ear to someone else other than each other for those intimate compliments and Chris has said Many times since then, nobody's ever going to compliment my wife. I bet. I'm going to be the I one. I can see him. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a precious renewal. We really recommitted to dating. We started really making that a priority again, dating each other, having uh, at least once a week we pulled away from the kids and we made it a time that we focused on our marriage, focused on each other. And, oh my goodness, we really recommitted to chase you. Uh, how did Chris put it? Capturing each other's hearts. Mm. And he talked about it 
many times since then, you know, when we're in a dating relationship before marriage and we're trying to pursue one another, that we really show it in how we act and how we talk and what we do and that we should never stop pursuing. We should never stop pursuing each other. Mm -hmm. And it really opened up an exciting time in our marriage where we really did start pursuing each other again. And doing sweet and fun, surprising things for each other again, like we did before we got married. And honestly, that was a tremor. It was a tremor that would have shaken us to the core. Even the thought, oh my goodness, I remember the thought just running across my brain of what would my children do if I went with that other right. guy? Mm -hmm. What would it do to them? Mm -hmm. it, it just made me tear up even thinking about it. So God has used that in our lives for a lot of years now to remind us to pursue each other and to not allow even the hint mm. of anything ungodly, not even the hint. So we've actually got some pretty strict boundaries that we keep in our marriage that we are not apologetic about. We do not ever get in a car mm -hmm. with someone of the opposite sex alone. We don't ever have a meal with someone of the opposite sex alone. We always know where the other one is. We always answer each other's calls. And these are things we want to do. We're right. not having some kind it's of... It's not just legalistic. Right. Yeah. I'm not owning your life and you have to report to me for duty. <laughs> we're not that. We're, we're sharing. Because we love each other. We love each other. So yeah. we want all openness sharing... Um, we don't want any walls to be built up between us, and we don't want any closeness with someone that's not. Um, if I were to start getting close to someone that's not my husband, a man that's not my husband, that would be a red flag, a danger zone that I just don't want to go anywhere near it. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything to do with mm -hmm. that. And so this little, we, we don't even bring his name up. I don't think I've ever spoken his name <laughs> in all those years since then, but it is a reminder that we both have of our marriage is too precious to let anything hurt it. We we just need to concentrate and focus on on keeping a strong marriage for our children, for our, our future, and for God to use us in his kingdom most effectively. Right. right. Absolutely. Well, this is so huge. And I think especially right where you were as a kind of youngish mom, maybe even coming out of that season, it can be a lonely season, I think, whenever mm -hmm. you are at home with your babies and you love it and there's so many great things about it, but it's also hard and you maybe aren't. And lots of peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And sometimes you don't always feel like a human being <laughs> because you're just doing all the things that you have to do. And talking about our enemy also, I think, is such a pivotal reminder that another person isn't the enemy, right. um, but we do have an enemy. Right. And, you know, the verse in First Peter, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have to stay alert. That's the beginning part of that scripture because he would love to take us out. But if we're kind of just distracted or if we're not being intentional with those things, then kind of like the example that you're giving, no one is immune from sin. And no often mm -mm. Satan uses pride for us to think, right. well, I would never do that. Mm -hmm. But the truth is we're all capable of anything. All right. First Corinthians 10 says, be careful when you think you're standing firm, be careful. That's when we are opening the door for Satan to, if we think, oh, I got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, oh, but no temptation has seized us except what is common to man. Right. So uh, as we deal with whatever temptations come our way, we know that God is going to give us the strength to choose what he wants us to choose. Yeah. And oh my goodness, it's always going to be for our best. Mm -hmm. One of the prayers that I have prayed as a wife is Proverbs 31, 11 and 12. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. And that is what I'm, I'm praying, that I can bring Chris good, not harm all the days mm -hmm. of his life, that he can have full confidence in me and know that I am his number one support and number one fan. So I love that verse because that was a key verse before I was married that I used and I circled all the days of her life because mm -hmm. even before you're married. So I know we have a lot of single gals out there who are listening. So even 
you know, if you're single right now and maybe you desire to be married one day, just remembering that you can bring your husband good, not harm all the days of your life, even right now, just in the way that you live and the way that you follow God. And when you fall, because we all fall at times, you know, just getting back up and, and giving it to him and surrendering our lives to him. And so I think that's so huge. And I love that you brought up this example, because for all of us, admiration always feels good complimentary words. I mean, it's not like we're like, oh no, don't tell me that. Stop. Right. You know, it feels good. Mm -hmm. And I think God created us as emotional beings. And so someone might say, oh, well, I got close to this person. And, you know, now I think that really I was supposed to be with them, not with my spouse or whatever, you know. Right. But anytime you get close to someone, you will be emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. And so how have you or how did you learn to kind of cut that off and fight against being sure to not get in that place again? The boundaries when I'm in a situation of being with coworkers and it's mixed company, I'm just really careful. Yeah. Um, For instance, when I taught at Hefner Middle School in Oklahoma City, the drama teacher across the hall from me was a man, and we worked closely with some shows. We did some musicals at Hefner. So in that process, I just shared openly our um, marriage boundaries with him. And actually, it was turned into a really cool conversation. And he said, you know, I'm going to share this this with my fiance. I think we're going to do the same thing. To be open and honest and, and keep an arm's length. So that I'm not taken by surprise. Like, oh, how did I suddenly get so close to someone? Yeah. There are moments that it's been awkward where I'm saying, oh, can can someone else ride in the car? Or <laughs> um, it, there, there have been some funny things, and all of them have to do with teaching school and go, going to and from, like school contests or judging things where your teachers are going separate from students. So those are the moments that I have felt, okay, this is where I'm really going to live out what I said. Yeah. And I'm going to do this because Chris and I have this standard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a funny moment of awkwardness. But however, who knows how God uses that? Yeah, absolutely. To encourage everyone around me to be like, oh, I need to also keep strong boundaries. Right. Because sometimes we might think we might be offending someone when really setting a boundary creates a healthy and mm-hmm. like you said, maybe even encouraging environment for, mm-hmm. hey, you can do this too. And Derek and I have the same rules. And there are definitely sometimes some awkward moments, you know, whenever you're like, oh, hey, actually, I remember one time Holly had a friend over and I thought the mom was stopping by to pick her up and the dad stopped by, but I was in my room. So they just let him in. And so we're standing there in my kitchen and I'm like, okay, this is awkward, but we're going to have to go outside. (laughs) And you know, our kids were there, but still just, you don't want to put yourself in a weird position. So. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, to wrap up this section, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening. There may be a woman that is sitting there thinking, this really sounds a lot like what I'm dealing with right now. And I just want to encourage you that your marriage is worth it. Mm -hmm. That when you choose to put your marriage as your focus and, and with the Lord's strength, you turn your face to that and you turn your face away from any other man in your life, that you are choosing life you're choosing life. Mm -hmm. And that an affair, although it seems maybe like a preposterous idea that you might think, well, all I have is this little friendship. It's this little side fling. We just tease flirtingly. We just Mm -hmm. say little compliments. We just joke around. We just, you know, he's kind of, he puts his hand on on my back sometimes or those little things are the baby steps towards connecting. And every affair begins with emotions and with just seemingly innocent Mm -hmm. flirting that can change on a dime. And affairs don't begin on a day when you're in a bedroom. Affairs (laughs) begin with your emotions or even just... They don't start with your clothes off. Right, exactly. (laughs) Close your on. And you seem like everything seems fine. So red flag and oh my goodness I just want to be someone in your life saying turn around and and run towards your husband Mm -hmm. great reminders and one thing when I think about you guys just thinking about how you're always adamant on maybe I can't control the other person but regardless like our mindset is that we are going to be together for the rest of our lives and we are going to stick it out we're not going to say the d word we're not going to say divorce we're not going to even go there clearly this was a rekindled passion inside of you for marriages for God marriages to stand the test of time and um, yeah to just keep going yes keep going yes
All right. Well, I know that there is just so much to you. So what are some things that just light your soul on fire? And how have these God-given passions drawn you closer to Him? Well, one thing I get really excited about is using my gifts for the Lord. And when we're using our spiritual gifts, it's so life-giving. It yeah. doesn't feel tiring. It doesn't feel burdensome. It feels exciting and joyful. And one of the things He has given me in my heart is a passion to teach children and particularly music. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm in my classroom at Barnes Elementary School in Owasso, and I have those precious children, I have 600 students. Wow. And I have the opportunity to love on them mm -hmm. and to be a light for Jesus's love. And one of the prayers I pray as I go into my classroom on a daily basis is that I ask for the Lord to cover me like out of Colossians 3, with compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, patience, forgiveness, and over it all love. Just cover me with love, especially for the kids that are really difficult to love, the ones that need it the most that are from homes where they are just struggling. Every day's a struggle, and maybe they're, they're told that they're not wanted. They're told horrible things. And so when they come in my classroom, my goal is to make it the best part of their day. Mm. I can think of a couple of times, for instance, this past spring where a student was going through a sad time. Her grandmother was in the hospital and there was a little window, a little two minute window between her class leaving and my next class coming. And I could, I just pulled her aside and we got to pray together mm. for her grandma. And I got to have little moments one on one that you just don't really see coming. They just pop up. And those are just you really have to be divine ready. appointments. Like you said earlier, always be ready to give an ready. answer. So a divine appointment that God brings for me to say, did you know Jesus loves you? Hmm. Did you know that? Or to say, I'm so glad you're here. And I just love being your teacher or just encouraging a student. And anytime that sometimes they are the ones that will bring something up, such as, oh, I learned this song at church or something like that. And I can there's the divine appointment right there really well that's exciting that's one of my favorite things to do go to church and i love to worship god and i can use music to worship god and so i have the daily opportunities to show the love of christ in how i act towards my students and then i'm always praying for opportunities for those divine appointments to share one-on-one -on -one how Jesus loves them, and being the hands and feet of Christ for those kids. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm really passionate about. And I, I truly am grateful for my job. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful God gave it to me. I'm so grateful I have this, this outlet for something I enjoy so mm -hmm. much, teaching them music and playing with all these instruments and things. And well, that's a nugget for all of us because there are divine appointments everywhere, but mm -hmm. we can't always be prepared for them. I mean, we can be ready and alert and looking for them, but we have to be ready in season, out of season, as far as yes. having our heart ready just for whatever he might bring to us, because you never know when someone's going to truly need the word of God in their life. And it might be one of your students, or it might be a friend going through a really hard time. Mm -hmm. So something that I've learned in the day to day is that if God prompts me to pray for someone that I need to do that right then. Mm -hmm. And I just need to ask them, can I pray for you just right now? Mm -hmm. And I've never had anyone in all the different situations I can think of ever say no. <laughs> Every single time they have said, well, yes, thank you. Yeah. And in a little moment, even if it's not a long opportunity of time, because the school day is so ruled by the minute. We can't just say, oh, I'm coming in in a few minutes. I'll just you sure. keep your class out there for 10 minutes, okay? It's <laughs> not how it works. But in little snatches of time to huddle with someone and say a prayer for them and to reach out, those are ways that I don't even see when those are coming, but God mm -hmm. brings them. So those are th the times that I don't even know what he wants to do, but God is using me in some bigger plan that I don't know about. Mm -hmm. You're a bright light. Oh, I want to be. I want to be. Yes. Well, before we wrap up, I always love to ask if you have any just favorite resources that you want to pass on. Books, podcasts, sermons, music, anything. 
You bet. Um, my very favorite podcast is The Messy Table. Yeah, I am a newbie to podcasts. But you've listened to all of them, which I love. I know. I'm a newbie. I've listened to every single episode of The Messy Table. And I think I've cried a little tear or two in almost every single one of them. Me too. And some of them I've cried quite a bit. So I'm a tender soul. But Someone asked me <laughs> which one was my favorite. And I'm like, all of them. I love them all for unique reasons. So. Mm-hmm. I also love Rebel Parenting. That's a good podcast. One Extraordinary Marriage. That's really a good one. And they also have a One Extraordinary Marriage Daily Steps with really short little podcasts, like five-minute ones for day-to-day. I love that. And then um, a book that I've been reading that I recommend, which has an unusual title. So I'm just giving you a little... Um, heads up that the title might surprise you. It's a really good book by Mo Isom, and it's called Sex, Jesus, and Conversations, The Church yes, Forgot. I've heard of it. It's really good. It's a great book dealing with important topics that we will be so wise to pay attention to mm-hmm. and to address with our own children mm-hmm. and with the youth groups in our churches um, to not act like, oh, we're just assuming that your family's teaching you all these important things. Or for families to assume, oh, I'm, I, I, we're just assuming the church is teaching you all these important things. Uh, there's a lot of gray area, and this world is a playground for Satan. And so, anyway, this book's been really eye-opening. I really mm, Thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And then I think the best, the biggest resource of all is honestly scripture memory. Yeah. And it's... It's right at our fingertips, whether it's the YouVersion Bible app or whether it's your Bible on your nightstand and you've got your highlighters. That's kind of my style. I like mm-hmm. the highlighters and I like little note card verses that I write out. But scripture memory is putting into my heart the offensive weapon for when I need it, mm-hmm. when moments that I am struggling with bad attitude, selfishness, I'm struggling with being impatient or mean or just any kind of those negative things that are you not as pull it out. Yes, the scripture memory. So I would say to spend time and, and make an intention on it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my 14-year-old and I are memorizing a passage together right now. And we check each other on it in the car. We talk about it at home. And, and How memory. much do you memorize at a time? Just curious. I try to just do one main concentration. So like this one, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, that Maggie and I are memorizing. That's just a short passage of seven mm-hmm. verses. And then we're going to do Romans 8 together this school year. So that's a lengthy passage. So just, you know, adding a verse a week or maybe two. But I love memorizing a chapter. Mm-hmm. A whole chapter is like a feast. Mm-hmm. It is a feast of God's word. And when it's in my heart, then it's just strength. It's a resource that's at my one moment away in my thoughts. Yeah. And God can bring it to my mind. So even if there are people out here listening that are thinking, that's really not my thing. I just can't memorize. I want to encourage you. You really can. And I honestly think we need to we need to resist that. I think our whole society is becoming so reliant on our phones. Yeah. It's a little scary. Mm-hmm. We're we're just forgetting how to remember I don't our even friends' know. phone numbers. I was going to say I don't even know numbers. We're forgetting for a few. how to like do simple math. Yeah. We think, oh, I'll just pull out my phone and, you know, I'll do that math on my phone. In little tiny ways, I feel like we really should make our minds work. And so scripture memory is so important that we have the exercise. The best way to memorize scripture is review, review, Mm -hmm. review, review. Just keep it. Keep it on your bathroom counter. Keep it on your your kitchen windowsill when you're washing dishes. Put Mm -hmm. your scripture verses on and make it your screensaver on your phone. Put your scripture verses over your washer and dryer. And every opportunity that we have to put scripture in our hearts, that's the best resource of all. That's the word of God living and active. So mm, That's so good. And a great point because if our phones are always doing things for us, then we're actually not learning them. Right. Absolutely. We're just looking it up, which we can look it up, which is great. It's not bad. I love it that we have resources like we can pull up the Bible up and look up a verse. Yeah. That's wonderful. But I don't want to rely on that. I want to have it in my heart. Right. You know, I think about um, stories from like Voice uh, Voice of the Martyr Mm -hmm. and the believers that are in places of the world where they're literally put in prison. Yeah. With nothing and no one. And they're just stuck in a cell. If I were in that situation where I was 
on trial for my faith and that I was going to die because I was a Christian and I'm stuck in some cell, I would want God's word in my heart so I could just pull it out and, and quote it and be comforted by it and not depend on, well, too bad I don't have my handy yeah. dandy phone with me or my, my Bible in my hand. But So good. All right. Well, last but not least, what is one final word of advice or encouragement that you just want all of us to know? I would say the attitude of gratitude is huge. In every relationship you have, in your home, in your day-to-day, going around and taking care of life, an attitude of gratitude is my one of my best defenses. Uh, to be grateful keeps me from being comparing and losing my joy. To be grateful keeps me aware of what a gift my husband is, what a precious gift each one of my children are. To be grateful for my home instead of, you know, looking around and being, oh, well, they do it better on HGTV. My home, you know. Always. <laughs> right. I do love Chip and Joanna Gaines. You I will, to say, yes. yes, I do love watching their show. Reruns. Joanna, if you're listening, you can totally come on the messy table. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would absolutely love your house, I think, by the way. But I just think that a grateful attitude changes our outlook and makes every moment more enjoyable. And we're told to be grateful in Scripture. Like 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So even if I don't know what God's will for me is in a month or a year or five years, I do know God's will for me today. Mm. His will for me today is to be joyful, to pray, and to be thankful in my circumstances, no matter what those are, even if it's thanking Him through tears, but knowing that He's got me. So, Mm. yeah. That is so good. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I don't want this episode to end. We could just keep going. Like I said, mini-series, Robin Wall. (laughs) We're just part one, part two, part three. But thank you for being here and for sharing just a piece of your wisdom so that everyone else gets to know a little bit what I do. So thank you, Jen, for having me. I have loved being here and I love you and I'm just so proud of you. I'm just so thrilled to share in this hour with you. Well, yes, and amen to all that Robin shared. Such timely and important reminders regarding mentorship. You guys, we all need a Paul and a Timothy in our lives someone who's pouring into us their learned wisdom, and also someone who we can pour into and hopefully encourage. I just want to challenge us all to ask God for wisdom. Ask Him to bring to mind who He wants you to spend intentional time with, gleaning their insight or maybe spurring them on towards the things of God. And then on the topic of marriage and boundaries, if you're currently flirting with fire, let this serve as a gentle yet firm reminder for you with your ultimate joy in mind. And hey, if you're thinking, gosh, I've already gone there, I've already messed up, I would just encourage you to listen to the redemptive story in episode 35 with Mary Cootie. She shares her own journey of falling, but allowing herself to fall into the arms of her Savior and how there's been such beauty that's come from ashes. Or if you've had a spouse who's crossed that line, episode number 11 with Cindy Beal could be the life-changing resource you need. Above all, redemption is possible. But like Robin reminded us today, let's set boundaries and pursue our husbands and admit when we're struggling and do what we can do to run toward and fight for healthy marriages. Well, like I mentioned at the beginning, be sure to subscribe for free wherever you listen from. And honestly, this is an efficiency thing for me. I have certain podcasts I know I want to listen to. So I push the subscribe button one time and from then on, they automatically come to my phone. We would also absolutely love to hear what you think. What has impacted your heart? If you have a quick second, leave a review for us on iTunes. Let us hear what's on your heart or tag some people on social media or share the messy table with a friend. Just remember, no matter what you're dealing with or what you're facing, God is there and he is at work in your mess.